0: You're listening to the BCTLE Podcast, a resource made possible by the BD Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence at Taylor University. I'm your host, Timothy Berkey. Next week, the BCTLE will be hosting a guest host session with Dr. Jan Dormer and Dr. David McGinnis. The focus of this session is on meeting the needs of our international students in the classroom in preparation for that session i wanted to sit down and get to know some of our international students a little bit better to learn about some of their experiences here on campus not as representative of all international students but as i got to know some of our international students a little bit better i began to get a better idea of the kinds of challenges and joys and frustrations and clashes that our international students might experience in our classrooms and in our campus. What excites me out of that conversation is the reminder of how important it is to get to know the students who are in front of us. Two of the three students that gathered around my table last week are students I've had in class and I'm a little embarrassed to say that I was learning things about them that I probably should have learned when I had them in class. Sometimes the demands of our work keep us from taking the risk to get to know our students. I have set a challenge for myself this semester of talking to three different students at the beginning of class each week. I get to class 10 minutes early, 5 minutes early, and oftentimes um, I end up chatting with the student who sits right next to the podium most days. And I've really been pushing myself to reach out, make connections with students all over the classroom, not just the ones who are right in front of me. And this idea of just taking a few moments to reach out, connect and get to know students who aren't right in front of me, I think is sort of in this same vein of Getting to know students can be challenging. And at times I walk into class a minute before class starts and I just don't have time. And that's life. That's the reality. But when I take the time and I make sure that I am ready to go, to be there, to, to make that commitment, to be in person and ready to go so that I can have those conversations, it makes all the difference, whether our students are international students or not. Uh, But when our students are international students, there are uh, a set of challenges that are more unique to the kind of student who comes from such a different cultural learning experience. So this week on the podcast, in preparation for the guest host session next week with Dr. Jan Dormer and Dr. David McGinnis, I want to invite you into my conversation with three of our international students. Their experiences are their own, and yet there's something that is a a powerful reminder in the value of getting to know our students and getting to know the challenges and the joys that they have as they enter the classroom. So here is my conversation with Ju Young, Sarah, and Karis. So we'll just go around the table. Um, could you say your name um, and what it is you're studying here? And maybe since this podcast uh, episode is about international students, tell me where you're from. That would be awesome.. Okay. Um,
1: first, my name is Triang Zhang, and I'm studying about computer science for cyber security. Then mm, uh, I'm from South Korea. Uh, yeah. Um, then I like to playing to our floors brothers
0: yeah awesome yeah
2: cool. I'm Karis Rutherford Um, I am an English creative writing major uh, with a TESOL certificate added on Um, and I'm from the Bahamas
0: welcome Karis
2: thank you
3: Uh, I'm Sarah Cabarego I'm a finance major with a concentration in financial planning And I'm from Kigali, Rwanda.
0: Where's Kigali?
3: Kigali is the capital city of Rwanda. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. My name is Timothy. (laughs) Uh, You can call me Professor Berkey, though, that's fine. Um, And uh, I study and teach communication, um, and I'm actually from. A little town um, in Indiana. It's uh, a little bit bigger than Upland, but it's very similar and sort of rural, a lot of farmland. Um, so, this is very much uh, sort of my home, uh, this area. So, mm-hmm. welcome. It's great to have you guys. Young, Karis, Sarah, welcome to the BCTLE podcast. It's great to have you three here in my office.
3: <laughs> Thank for yeah. us.
0: <laughs> so this uh conversation came about as a result of a conversation mm-hmm. that i actually had with nature um, and i said that you know we're having a, a seminar we're having a session at the bctle this mm-hmm. month related to how it is that we as faculty can better serve um, our international students mm-hmm. uh, but um I I thought that it was important for us to, to get maybe a snapshot Mm -hmm. of who our international students are, what our international student community looks like Mm -hmm. on campus. And he said, I've got just the students for you to talk to. (laughs) Um, And so I'm excited to, to get to know you all. Uh, Some of you, I know a bit, uh, some just met, uh, but I, I'd love to get to know you, and as I get to know you, our listeners get to know you a little bit, too. Um, awesome. So, how did you get connected mm-hmm. to Taylor University? And what was it that ultimately sort of drew you, brought you to campus? Mm-hmm. Ju Young, maybe we'll start with you.
1: Okay, um, uh, my high school, KWCS, stands for Korean Wells International Korean School. So that I have some connection with Taylor University so mm-hmm. I can get the chance to come J term mm-hmm. yeah uh, uh, yeah in 2020 okay. J term winter J term so I experienced Taylor University at the time mm-hmm. and I decided to come here
0: yeah. In the in January of 2020, so right before the pandemic, you <laughs> yeah, snuck in right exactly. under the wire. That's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Who yeah. was the faculty that that taught that class uh, in January? Do you remember? Yeah, um,
1: uh, Doctor, Joe Hoffman, okay, and Brindu, yeah, and Doctor Jesup, yeah, yeah. I I remember the three faculties. That's awesome. I, yeah.
0: Well, Jiyoung, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad <laughs> that uh, you stayed. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. So, so Sarah, Karis, how about how about you two? What was it that uh, <laughs> ultimately drew you to Taylor? How'd you get connected to Taylor?
3: Um, so, I had a friend here at Taylor. Mm-hmm. So, I took a gap year after high school, and I had a friend who was here at Taylor. And I was looking into schools in America, in Canada, mm-hmm. in Kenya, in different places. But my only condition for coming to America, I had to come to a Christian school, mm-hmm. because I was just thinking, I'm 18 years old. I'm gonna be so far from my family. Mm-hmm. There are so many temptations, like for young people, and they could always like go through the wrong directions. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking that I prefer a Christian school that will a good environment that will impact me uh, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so my friend suggested Taylor, and I started my application. And yeah, that's how I ended here. I had different offers, but for me, Taylor was my number one because it was the only actually Christian school that uh, accepted me. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah.
0: So it was the faith base that Mm -hmm. was so critical. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Yes. Because I believe that, like, at 18 coming here, different, like, international students Mm -hmm. face different struggles. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy for an international student to just go um uh the bad route and take do wrong things. So it's like it's important for me to be in a good environment where I'm mentored by um, good faculty members or I have mm-hmm. good friends that encourage me to do good things. Mm-hmm. So for me it was uh yeah, faith based. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more during our conversation about how that social support has sort of manifested Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. (laughs) Karis, how about you?
2: Yeah. So I first heard about Taylor when my sister started applying to schools for college. Um, My mom and dad had had some friends who had been there. but we really started like getting to know about the school um, when Derek Hemouse, who was like the international um, recruiter at the time, um, came to the Bahamas on like a recruiting uh, kind of trip, and yeah, she met him at like a college fair, mm-hmm. and like a group of Bahamians like went out with him like bowling or something, and it was just a really cool time um just like them getting to know each other and little 12-year-old me was like oh this is cool like <laughs> it's a college and everything mm-hmm. and so later that summer the whole family was able to like kind of just uh take a tour of the school um uh, my mom and dad fell in love with it they thought it was the coolest place ever mm-hmm. um my sister thought it was really great and so i kind of had my my eyes like set on the school from uh kind of middle school um and then uh my 12th grade year of high school i like i almost opted out for a school down in florida because i was like "Mm, this this warm weather is looking nice (laughs) Um, and i really didn't want to deal with like Mm -hmm. just those cold weather uh, issues um Mm -hmm. but i uh still decided to go with taylor i don't know why i did actually I'm not sure why I actually went with that route. All I can say is that it was God just kind of nudging me um in that direction for a few minutes, a few hours to do the application or whatever and so after the fact, I was like mm, i I hope this was the right the right way to go um but I'm so glad I'm here, and that i'm I'm not down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a different set of challenges being yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they have to deal with all that sunny weather oh, and you know uh, warm mm-hmm. temperatures mm-hmm. and pools mm-hmm. and beaches. I don't know if I could deal with all of that. <laughs> um, so I I I love each of your stories uh, sort of the the way that I sort of see here God moving in that in your stories <laughs> as well as some of the almost Serendipity of it. Just, um, I'm gonna apply. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, or I'm gonna uh, come for a J term, and mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna stay. And um, when you came to campus, when you arrived, um, one of the things that s- students talk about all the time is the intentional community, right? Yeah. That's such an important part of the Taylor experience for mm-hmm. so many students. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like? getting connected to the community here um whether that's specifically within the international student community or the Taylor community as a whole what was that experience like for you
2: i know for me the whole like intentional community thing started from like international orientation um that whole process like it it is like it it's still just kind of is an 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 experience that like still kind of stays in my mind. I don't know, like I think about it like more often than I like than the normal honestly. Like it was just I think a really good um opportunity to like see what Taylor is like, like a really good introduction to Taylor like but on a smaller scale. So So what
0: is international orientation? I've never heard of this.
2: Oh, awesome. So international orientation um, is this uh, week-long process um, of, like, international students, um, missionary kids, third culture kids. uh, They come on campus about a week before um, everyone, all the other freshmen come on campus. Um, And it's just this really weird, fun time of... um, us being put into like different small groups Mm. and going through different activities together. Um, We get into the dorms uh, sooner so we get used to dorm life a little uh, sooner before the other freshmen. um, DC things, Mm. we're like in and out of meetings with parents Mm. um, and we're getting to meet faculty and getting to meet other students, other upperclassmen. Mm. It's just this really fun time where um, we get, like, a little taste of college life, but without the added pressure of, wow, there are, like, 2,000 people on campus, help, mm, I don't know anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great time. Um, I made friendships friendships there that, like, still have lasted to this day. Like, it's it's a really cool opportunity, and I'm so glad that, like, Taylor has that, like, opportunity available to internationals, because... We're coming in from just so many different places and just just being here in the U.S. is just a really big shock for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so having this little bubble mm-hmm. um, before welcome weekend things is really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you get a chance then not only to spend time mm-hmm. with Taylor students, but specifically mm-hmm. with other international students who... Yeah might not be experiencing the exact same that you're experiencing, but are experiencing similar sorts of experiences. Did you have a community, Jiyoung, uh, uh, of, of fellow South Korean students, of Bahamian students, of, uh, of Rwandan students? Did you have that sort of smaller group within the international student group? Or, or how did those relationships... Form or inform the relationships that you formed mm. with other Taylor students. Uh, for Korean, yeah, Korean has actually
1: one Korean faculty is in the Reed center. Okay, he teach about the Spanish. Yeah. So uh, the the professor is gather the Korean students, and sometimes we go to. Uh, professor's house and eat <laughs> dinner mm. together, or mm. go somewhere, mm. or go to Korean church mm. every week like that. So you can connect each other a lot, and yeah.
0: Mm. So there's there's that familiarity that that almost sort of family of come to come to the house and and have food and mm. and spend time together. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I had no idea mm-hmm. that 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 was there for you. Mm. Yeah. That 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 makes me really happy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, how about yeah. how about Sarah? Was that? Would you have a similar experience?
3: Um, I'm the only Rwandan here, so mm-hmm. the time the year I came, uh, the girl who was here before me had just graduated. Okay. but I was able still to connect with her. But I was also able to connect with other like African students, mm-hmm. even if it was not Rwandan students, but they were like closer to home, mm-hmm. very similar culture. <clears throat> so yeah, I think also. Mm -hmm. Same what Carrie said, international orientation was a good time to um, create those uh, friendships, especially because we share the same struggles. Mm -hmm. As international students, it's easier for us to connect and to go through this uh, college life journey together. And Mm -hmm. that's even where also I met like most of my closest friends, including Mm -hmm. my roommate, my current roommate. The first time we met was international orientation, or even Carrie's met her during international orientation. Yeah. So it's just a great time, even though you don't all come from the same place, mm. but there's so many things you could connect on. Yeah.
0: yeah. You mentioned some of those shared struggles. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about what, when you think of those shared struggles, what are some of those struggles that come to your mind?
3: Um, the first one that came to my mind, as especially when you look into international orientation, we're all just coming from different countries, and it's the first time we're in America. Mm-hmm. So the first struggle is the culture. Sh- the culture. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. coming from one culture to another, mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the first, like adapting to this culture can be one of the struggles international students mm-hmm. go through. And I think like also as you keep going, there are more struggles, but... Mm-hmm. That is, I guess, like, the first one of yeah. how now I'm a tailor in America. Mm-hmm. Both, all of us know family. We didn't all, like, move here with her family, so mm-hmm. we're all here. Mm-hmm. So it's this transition of from high school to college that's the first transition, but in another country, in a new culture, mm-hmm. you know no one. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a big transition. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I think for me, like, um... <clears throat> Like, it wasn't quite quite my first time uh, being in the U.S. Like, uh, being a missionary kid as well, like, my parents, like, we, we were used to, like, traveling back and forth, like, between the U.S., like, where the ministry headquarters um, is located that they work with. And so, like, I was used to, like, the U.S. in that context. Yeah. Um, talking with, like, other Americans who were, like, internationally minded mm. in that aspect. Um so like being here at Taylor is weird because it was my first time having to fend for myself without my parents. Like mm. they weren't filling people in with just like background and context and everything. Like I was having to answer questions about mm. my identity and it was the weirdest thing because I'm like they're asking me where I'm from and I'm like, um mm. So I'm from the Bahamas and then I'm like, oh, but I'm also a missionary kid so I'm so then the next question is oh, so you're not really Bahamian you're an American living in the Bahamas And I'm like, no, actually no I'm I'm, I'm from there I'm from there too And they're like, oh, but you don't sound Bahamian and I'm like ah that that opens up a whole nother can of worms because, just that whole thing of like masking and like uh, changing your demeanor and changing your voice in order to be heard in this new context and in order to be understood. Um, and so people assume a lot, um, never with like any like bad, like intentions in play. It's never that it's never with any malice in their hearts. They just don't know. And they're curious and they want to know how to ask questions better. Um, And so facilitating that, that process as an international student is, it's a challenge, but it's, I I, I count it an honor in some ways to kind of help that process along. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm.
1: Mm, So about the, Hmm. the question about where you're from like (laughs) that. so, in (laughs) (laughs) student connection group, (laughs) they, when they invest where they're from, some students is really like you know the missionary kids or Hmm. that going around have those experience. Mm -hmm. So we ask not like where you're from, Mm. just where where do you call home like Mm. that? You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that is one interesting thing when (coughs) I experience at first time. So. When I did get vacation, I didn't understand what that means. <laughs> so, there's a home. Though. So, yeah. I'm a bit confused at the time. Though.
0: Yeah, well, I can imagine mm-hmm. feeling confused, too, by that. It's, it's you, where you're from has such an impact on your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's... It, it, it isn't just it isn't just the place though right it's everything else that's tied up in that it's the the you know if i were to visit your home (laughs) where's the best place to get a cup of coffee right like that that's wrapped up in where are you from too right but we don't actually ask that question Mm. right but Mm. if you want to know where i'm from that's an important part of it but Mm. that's that's more in how I feel about where I'm from, not necessarily the name mm-hmm. of where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And so when it gets to, you know, how do I answer the question of where I'm from, um, it, that can, all of those feelings can make it a bit more challenging. And I think mm-hmm. all of our students experience that to some extent, mm-hmm. but when you are living abroad or you have moved several times or you're the only person Mm -hmm. uh who knows where that particular area (laughs) in your particular country is Mm. then it might feel even a little bit more of that shock yeah right you 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 mentioned specifically some of that culture shock Um, and i don't want to put any of you on the spot (laughs) uh, but i'm curious um when you think about maybe some of the the culture with regard to education mm. in your experiences K through twelve, um, what were some of the the biggest cultural differences in education that you experienced here at Taylor, mm. um, or if you had experience in uh, sort of U.S. education prior to Taylor, mm. that's that's also fair game but what were some of those cultural differences that um, you sort of recognized oh this is this is different this is new
1: mm-hmm.
3: I think one of them even if it's not very like I wouldn't say it's as important or helpful mm-hmm. but one of them that actually surprised <clears throat> me my freshman year is uh, so back home when a professor is talking even mm-hmm. if they go a, li- a minute about like Mm-hmm. If, even if they pass time mm-hmm. there's this um i would call it respect mm-hmm. of listening to them and mm-hmm. then when they're done we just pack up our stuff and leave mm-hmm. but for me the first day when people were just like as soon as it hits 50 take the backpack put it on oh. and stand while the professor is still talking i was like but he's still talking like you should just calm down and he will finish <laughs> his sentence so for me that was one of the biggest when yeah. i was like yeah, I know you have class next but yeah. they they're almost done. Just yeah. like come so it was for me that was mm. like one of the biggest thing cuz I will never just stand when a professor is talking mm. and especially even mentioning something important <clears throat> and then I will always sit down and first like let them finish and mm. then I can move on. Mm. So I think that was like one of the biggest even if it doesn't really add anything but for me that was yeah. that was a big cultural shock for me to see people
2: just going yeah. <laughs> like yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I for sure that that one bothered me I was like well, excuse me what are you doing um, but yeah so that one is a big one I think another one was just how I don't know how things were a lot more casual in some regards um, like people were like bringing their like Chick-fil-A lunches to class and I'm like whoa I, I, are we allowed to do that I guess so um the the professor's not stopping them so (laughs) um so yeah just that like the use of phones in class and like as I kind of matriculated like through different classes I saw that like some profs would kind of say no to that they were like yeah no I recognize this this is kind of a distraction no tech in the class um But, yeah, I think things were just a lot more casual than I was expecting them to be. Um, I would always hear, like, the word lecture, like, when I was in middle school, high school, and I'd be like, wow, that sounds like everyone's just, like, in straight rows and Mm -hmm. perfect lines and everyone's sitting down just perfectly listening quietly and everything. And I get into some of my English classes and they're like, all right, circle up, we're going to talk about this essay. And I'm like... All right, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just getting used to, like, how, like, uh, students' comfort in the classroom was being prioritized. Um, so however you as a student individually found that you learned best, the prof was, like, mostly, like, okay with you learning that way. Mm-hmm. If that was you sitting slouched in your chair, if that was you sitting with your like legs like crisscross applesauce like um, if that was you eating lunch during the lecture like whatever y- the individual student needed to do to like learn most comfortably the professors are mostly okay with that and mm. that was really interesting mm. to see
1: yeah very interesting I thought similar things like I don't experience about Korean University though mm. but um like do you cross the leg in mm. class, <laughs> in front of the professor, and <coughs> eating some food mm. in class, that is really um, give me uh, fresh <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in Korea, there is nothing you can do like that. Some, um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, right. anyway, uh, I thought the cultural difference, like uh, Korean really like to do. Everything by quickly best, mm. yeah, okay. yeah. So sometimes Korean get stressed by slow, yeah. yeah. But as you know, the when you go to stew or <laughs> DC, they line up <laughs> really really long. Then why people do work like that? <laughs> 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 just just getting more people and just do it that quickly. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm. So. But we saw just that it's cultural different, and yeah. just, it's just just like that.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think also uh, the one that is like also related to um uh, like classroom or education in general is they make professors make it really like Carrie said like easier for a student to learn. Mm. Like for instance, um, back home we don't have. For example, study guides. Hmm. You know, you have to go back and study every single thing. Mm-hmm. But professors here really are want you to actually uh, succeed in what you're mm-hmm. doing. So they're going to give all the um, materials you need. Mm-hmm. Whereas back home, it was a matter of, okay, they're <laughs> going to give you the information you need. But the rest you have to find for yourself. If you're studying mm-hmm. for a test, if it's 10 chapters, yeah, read all the 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. You don't know yeah. what's coming on the test. But mm-hmm. here it's more of like... Oh, okay, so we will be testing maybe on this, giving hints here and mm-hmm. there, which for me I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because mm-hmm. in high school, I had to study if it was a test, I had to say the whole textbook because I didn't know what was coming for mm-hmm. me. But here I'm all like, okay, chapter two, only <laughs> chapter three. Okay, I'm on. <laughs> so it was when I got here, I was like, wow, so I have a study guide. or so I have this. It's like so many things. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're very yeah. limited back home, mm-hmm. and you just have to know everything, and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, yeah.
2: for sure.
0: Well, it, what, I, what I'm hearing is that it's, it isn't just, you know, when you're in the classroom that the way that faculty and the students interact is mm-hmm. different, but it's also you find it in mm-hmm. other places on campus as yeah. well. And, and maybe even the tools mm-hmm. of teaching or the tools of, of learning and studying that those represent some cultural differences mm. too. Um, do, do you find that you are just expected to adapt mm. to the culture, or do you feel that there are spaces where mm. you can sort of coexist? Mm. your cultural value or how you sort of experience studying or education or, mm. or eating at the DC mm. do, you, do you find that you're <laughs> sort of invited to coexist mm. culturally or do you find that you sort of are expected to just mm. switch a- mm. adapt oh. does, that, does my question yeah. make sense uh-huh.
3: yes yeah. I think for me, as a business major, I with all my business classes, I have felt forced to adapt, especially when it comes, because most of the business classes are case study-based, or the vocab sometimes can be very... Let's say they're talking about... Um, oh, a case study on Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Coming from Rwanda, this is my first time people are saying Chick-fil-A, and I'm like, what is Chick-fil-A? Like, I have no yeah. clue. Cool. But then people, it's so easy for them to, like contribute to discussions because they know what the professor is talking about Mm -hmm. or most case studies are more like on american companies and all this so people already know about these companies Mm -hmm. and i mean class feel like okay you know i have to figure out what are they what are they talking about and so Mm -hmm. this i think has been kind of like i at first i thought it was a struggle but then Mm -hmm. now i'm like more maybe it's an opportunity to learn since now i'm in america like i i should learn since I decided to come like in American Mm -hmm. University I should be learning more about these companies and putting in more extra work in order to be able to Mm -hmm. contribute to these class discussions Mm -hmm. but yeah so I felt like really like I need to adapt as much or even quickly because Mm -hmm. if I don't I might be left out because I have no clue people have sometimes already like some type of knowledge Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. me I'm like oh what is that Mm -hmm. word they just say and Mm -hmm. I have to type it out and I'm like oh it's a company here, or it's a fast food thing, or it's um, an investment thing. Where me, I, mean, I had no what it was because mm. growing up, I didn't know about all this. So yeah. coming here, I just have to be like, okay. I write sometimes I write down like ten words, and I'm like, okay. After mm. class, I'm gonna check. Oh, this mm. is a company in India. Oh, this is the biggest yeah. thing in America. Oh, this is this in America. and I'm like, okay, now I know what they're
2: talking about. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're not just having to learn the material. Oh. You're also having to mm-hmm. learn all of the background mm-hmm. in order to engage. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i going to be honest. You explaining that just now is the first time I have ever thought about that need
4: mm-hmm. that
0: an international student might have. Mm-hmm. Of if I assign a case study, because I use case studies sometimes in mm-hmm. my classes, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that I've ever considered how much of of the subtext of mm. the article or mm. the case is knowledge that I have as a result of my upbringing or yeah. my exposure. Yeah. That's, wow, I hadn't thought yeah. of that before, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I can
3: also give an example. I don't remember, I don't remember which class it was. <laughs> Let's say they're saying, oh, how do we market better this company? Yeah. And they say, okay, like, how can five guys um increase their customers mm. and so uh, getting groups and and find, find ideas yeah. so in my head i'm like okay so i've never been to five guys i don't know what is five guys uh, so i cannot oh contribute. the, the, the yeah. restaurant yeah. five guys exactly. okay yeah. oh yeah. my god. so yeah that could be an example of how like it can yeah. be very like i want to do this but i don't know what yeah. you're talking about here mm. like i've never been there i've never been a customer there so mm. i can't even contribute in that way of like if my professor asks a question, because I haven't had that experience that most students Mm. in my class have had because they grew up here, going there sometimes, but me, I don't even know it's Mm. a fast food.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think... Oh, Sarah, amen (laughs) to everything. (laughs) That's... That is... Yeah. Yeah. And I think i think for the most part it's something that um professor berkey like you said like it's something that doesn't even cross your mind Mm -hmm. i know it wouldn't cross my mind if like i was in a context where like my upbringing was the majority and i have a student from somewhere else like it's not going to cross my mind to like maybe pull them aside after class and be like hey like how comfortable are you with this like course material how like familiar are you like with this stuff already Um, and so there are a lot of times where like I walk into a class and like as an English major like we'll be talking about like some author like some series book series or whatever that I don't know people just grew up like (laughs) reading and I'm like I have and they're like cracking jokes they think it's the funniest thing in the world and I'm like who <laughs> I, I and like I want to care and there's this like deep kind of FOMO this fear of missing out because I'm like I want to participate I want to engage in the subject matter but I just really don't know it's just something and I, I explained it to a friend like this um I was just like oh it's just something I missed like um growing up and she kind of under like we we use that that uh phrase like between each other we're like oh do you know this like series like i i know i watched it like growing up or whatever and she's like nah that was something i missed and so like we use that that phrase between each other like yeah it's just something i missed and learning to like accept that and learning when to like like Sarah has had to do like catch up and like do extra research and like educate yourself on this project on this project or this topic or whatever, but also like choosing when to be like, you know what, this was something I missed. And I am going to give myself grace for that. Mm -hmm. And if the time comes for someone in person to educate me on this thing, then I will welcome that opportunity. But if not, I'm not going to put so much pressure on myself to feel like I have to catch up. I'm coming from a different context. Mm. I'm coming from a different place. And and then this is mostly in the in the sense that like this isn't like for a grade, I've got a test that's gonna be on this foreign <laughs> right. like this topic or whatever. TV um, shows and entertainment yeah. and pop stars yeah. mm-hmm. and so this is yeah. more so for like the social aspect yeah. of things I find like yeah. I'm gonna let this die and if it comes up and the opportunity arises for me mm-hmm. to ask someone about it I'm going to address it with humility and as much like openness as possible and be open to like being educated um, but I'm also not going to like beat myself up for having lived in a different context sure yeah
0: what have been some of those misconceptions um that Mm. you've experienced maybe where somebody assumed that you knew something maybe it was a (laughs) a specific piece of information maybe it was something about your culture or your home that you encountered um uh, I'm, i'm most interested in where you've experienced that from faculty. Faculty are mm. our primary audience mm. on the podcast. Um, so I'm most curious about where you've experienced some mm. of those misconceptions, maybe in the classroom mm. or maybe in interactions with faculty after class mm. or or in the halls or in the DC. What have been mm. some of those misconceptions?
3: Mm. I think one that comes to mind is when I had a conversation with Maribel. She was trying <laughs> to differentiate um, student of color with african-americans because i think when there was a lot of things happening last year a lot of faculty members were kind enough to send emails to their students or like emails to student of color saying hey i'm praying for you i'm doing this mm-hmm. and just know i'm keeping you in my mm-hmm. prayers but then we were talking how like sometimes because of different upbringings Mm -hmm. even if i'm a student of color i grew up in rwanda so the struggles of african americans i completely do not understand them and so there's something this misconception of a professor trying to in a class Mm -hmm. which they should be kind about like these types of topics Mm -hmm. but they're like so if we talk about this type of topic they're trying so much effort but they don't know that me on my side because i grew up in Rwanda, i grew up there like i'm not really emotionally affected by it you know and yeah we were just trying to say that like being an international it's a complete different struggle because the i don't go as through as many struggles here because i'm a student of color Mm. more it's more because i'm an international student Mm -hmm. yeah and there is this Mm. misconception of like oh she's a student of color so she's probably feeling this way right now Mm. because of all that is going on in america she's probably feeling this way right now where i'm not feeling anything at (laughs) all. i'm just reading the news and i'm like oh this is happening but i'm not like emotionally attached Mm -hmm. to it so it's just something else on the news that is happening. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's, like, one of the biggest misconceptions. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I can see that. Yeah. If I can speak to that for just a moment, it sort mm-hmm. of goes back to something that you mentioned, Karis, with the struggle mm-hmm. of, um, you know, faculty pulling USI and saying, mm-hmm. so how are you doing with this? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that in addition to wanting to be kind, mm-hmm. to show compassion, to mm-hmm. be... Mm-hmm. Um, Demonstrate care. I think there's also um, a desire not to embarrass Mm. or a desire not to um, essentialize, Mm. to sort of reduce any student to one Mm. aspect of their identity, Mm. especially something that's part of their identity that's so visible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, should I send this email to Sarah? Mm. Would Sarah care? (laughs) I want Sarah to know that I care, but Mm -hmm. I also don't want her to feel like I'm singling her out. Mm -hmm. That I can tell you personally, I ask those questions round and round and round (laughs) in my head. Mm -hmm. And I usually err on the side of I'm, I'm willing to be misunderstood. I just want you to know I care. Mm -hmm. But on the same hand, I, I would, I would feel absolutely gutted if I pulled a student aside and said, how are you doing? Is this making sense and the student felt that I had maybe uh, belittled
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: their education that mm-hmm. they received in their home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I, I don't want to do that at all. It's yeah. this it's this balance of yeah. how do I how do I honor you mm-hmm. my student while also having sometimes uncomfortable conversations yeah. that Um, would be uncomfortable if we shared every single part of our identity (laughs) it would be uncomfortable yeah Um, yeah and then injecting with the thing that I think is beautiful Mm -hmm. our cultural our global engagement Mm -hmm. injecting that into the conversation it can create some some further discomfort around certain topics. Yeah. And so it's this balance. It's yeah. this. It's this line. Can you think of any misconceptions that you've experienced from faculty about maybe about your experiences or about your level of education or the things that matter?
2: I don't know how much this is like a misconception and... I think it's this one is like less less a misconception, and more so just like like we've talked a little bit about already, just like professors wanting so badly to make sure that like they are being sensitive. Um, I think the misconception could probably be that we international students MKs TCKs are actually more sensitive than we actually are um like sometimes like in their efforts to just dot all the i's and cross all the t's and make sure that they're just being so perfect to their international students um sometimes it can make communication more stilted and awkward than it needs to be um we're we're tough we're resilient like <laughs> Oh, um, we're not. We're we're probably not going to to see a a question or anything as being like an attack on our identity. Um, if it's asked uh, in kindness, if it's asked in love, um, yeah, we're 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 opening we're open to answering questions and things like that. So I guess I would. I would just encourage like faculty staff to just um not feel so un- uncomfortable um, about asking the hard questions to not create like any more discomfort than is necessary when asking some of these questions mm-hmm. um we're gonna answer it to the best of our ability um but it, it also doesn't need to be like Like too much of an awkward process I think mm-hmm. um, Yeah but There's there's There also comes a point where like Asking something in a certain Context is kind of off Putting yeah. like I remember There is a time I was asked uh, In the middle of class it was kind of a, we, Everyone was kind of Working in pockets in different Groups And the prof kind of walks down from the front of the class and comes over to me and asks me to talk a little bit about my experience. Um, Like, as a person of my color, Mm -hmm. we were talking about a certain topic that had to deal with, like, skin and, like, Mm -hmm. just some the chemistry behind certain makeup things. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to share in class because I was the only person in this class of, like, maybe 50 students who was this skin color Mm. and in that way i would usually like appreciate someone just being frank and coming up to me and asking a question but then she wanted me to like give an answer Mm. in class and kind of represent like a whole race of billions of people Mm. and like just represent that whole like everything that that embodies in this class setting and that was stressful and and <laughs> awkward. And yeah. I was like, oh, I. This is just weird because you want me to represent so many different people in mm. my one little body yeah. from my one little perspective. And so I think that was was kind mm-hmm. of just a lot of unnecessary pressure. So I would say like ask questions and be frank about it, be friendly about it, but also watch the context that you do that in because yeah, there's just a time and place for questions. Yeah. There's a time and place for certain questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being conscious of that is really important. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to end on one final question. I think I could talk to you three, <laughs> four hours. <of> this. <laughs> this has been probably the fastest hour of my
2: week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh,
0: but um what's what's one thing that a faculty member could do um that would be meaningful to you to to get to know you to build a relationship um to to start to make a connection mm-hmm. what's something maybe it's you're thinking about something that a faculty member has done before that was really meaningful mm-hmm. or maybe um you're just waiting for a faculty member to ask me this question, hmm. Or, hmm. or do this, hmm. or, or say this. Well, what's one thing that a faculty member could do hmm. um, to, to make that connection, or start to build that relationship? Hmm. And I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of international students, <laughs> I'm genuinely asking yeah. Sarah Karis-Juyang, okay. gotcha. what's something that a faculty member could do for you?
3: I could go first. I think mm. it's, for me, it has been important for a faculty member to know who you are. Mm. And when I say who you are, you don't have to know my whole family history, <laughs> my whatever. Just knowing me as, as Sarah, and she's an international student from Rwanda. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's even enough to know. Because at least you know, like, enough in the case where if I was to come to you with Mm -hmm. a certain type of question, Mm -hmm. you'll connect, you'll understand that okay yeah, Shibabu does not get it because Mm. this, this and this and this. So getting to know your students. Mm -hmm. I remember one professor one day like, he knew it was from Rwanda and everything, and he was just passing. We were in class, and he just passed by. And I was like, "Oh, Sarah, I read this on the news about Rwanda," and, mm. and I was like, "Wow!" Like, yeah, he, he read the news and he remembered he had a <laughs> student from Rwanda in class. And mm. for me, like, I felt really comfortable to be like, "Oh, I could go to this professor because mm. they know me. Like, they know they have that student in their class." Yeah. And for me, that really was oh, that was like, okay, this I really like this professor. <laughs> and also, I think, um, maybe. I know, like, mistakes can happen, but maybe avoiding, like, the assumptions that pe- everyone knows what you're talking about. Mm. Let's say you talk about this this specific thing, maybe asking, oh, is there anyone who's not familiar with this in this class? Because it can be intimidating. You're in a mm. class of 30 students, and the professor goes on talking about this thing that everyone <laughs> understands, mm. and raising your hand and be like, actually, I have no clue what you're talking about it can yeah. be pretty intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. It has happened to me in class so many times, and the professor probably will have to be like oh does anyone not understand anything and i'll be so embarrassed to so raise my hand but mm-hmm. like, then after class i'll go and be like actually like i didn't know what you were talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. but then maybe giving a brief context even if sometimes like i don't know like sometimes you might think repeating something mm-hmm. is not good but sometimes even if you repeat and most of the students know maybe that one student will be like okay i'm glad he gave a brief context before yeah mentioning this thing so i think um avoiding to assume that oh what you're talking about everyone knows let's say for example like i know i had an am- am- amazing um american literature cl- uh, professor mm-hmm. but i imagine like let's say history or literature sometimes someone will randomly say uh, oh as you guys learned in yeah. high school about this person <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like oh wow I don't know who you're talking about yeah even if you assume that most of your class have learned about this person maybe give me okay okay guys let me just remind you or you can even ask the class okay what do you guys remember about this person so the person who that has no idea at least knows who they're who you're talking about Mm -hmm. have a brief context so yeah avoiding assumptions and just knowing your students for who they are and you just don't need you don't need to know mm. everything mm. it's fine if you know their name and where they're from and mm. just acknowledge that person mm. and f- who they are in the class
1: yeah 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 for sure i really agree <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes for a semester i did foundation class but <clears throat> i didn't get any uh, at the time i don't get English a lot, mm-hmm. so I miss it a lot of professors at the assignment, mm-hmm. or doing how can I do the assignment, mm-hmm. but, you know, at the time I don't have any friendly friends, mm-hmm. a lot of friendly friends, so I don't know how to do that assignment, like, mm-hmm. but, so, yeah, just ask me about the assignment, how, mm-hmm. how is it going, and
2: mm-hmm. how,
1: how can I do like this or say to us how, what they want, yeah. so mm. so just yeah. briefly, yeah, <laughs> then it, re- it is really helpful mm, to yeah. us because, yeah, we can find the way what they want and mm. we can follow slowly, so, yeah. yeah
3: and just the, I don't know what he just said it has mm. happened to me a lot too mm. where I go to a professor and I'm like oh I don't understand mm-hmm. this class is hard for me and they're like oh you just uh, create friends in your class work with your classmates mm-hmm. but I'm like I don't know any of them you know by the time I create a friendship it will be the end of the semester mm-hmm. and so just being more like <laughs> understanding that okay yeah. this student actually might be having a hard time connecting yeah. with other students here mm. and you know connecting them with other people they could work with instead of just letting them oh no you can work with your other classmates mm-hmm. where sometimes it can be challenging because it's not that easy to mm-hmm. just go and be like oh hey can you work together like that person doesn't know you either
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's not just the social aspect yeah. that you're working to overcome it might be language barrier mm-hmm. it yeah. might be a cultural barrier <clears throat> it, it, <laughs> it isn't as simple as yeah. just go talk to someone yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. So, Karis, how about you? What's one thing that a faculty member could do to, to connect with you, to build that relationship with you?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I All I can think of is something that a few faculty members have done already, mm-hmm. and so I would just kind of encourage um, them to do the same and all faculty members to kind of do the same, um, is just let your students know that, you were there for them. Literally, like, that is... There are some of the friendliest words that I've heard from some of my profs is just, like, I'm here for you. If you need anything, like, reach out. Like, I'm here. Um, yeah, it's it's something really simple. And sometimes, like, for a student, like, you don't even know what, what that means completely. It's like, all right, you're here for me. What? what? <laughs> um, but... Um, reach out and find out if you, if you really do need anything is what I would tell students and to faculty. Like, um, I would really just encourage, um, them to like be open to pouring into their international students. Um, I think it's really easy to feel that like, wow, this person is coming from just such a rich culture and it's so different from mine. Like, what could I possibly like pour into them as a student? Um, I would encourage them to not feel so intimidated by that um, it's it doesn't have to be a barrier it doesn't have to be an obstacle that difference mm-hmm. um, they, they do have a lot to offer and we're like on the outside looking in saying wow this prof <laughs> is so cool yeah. like I wish like they would come up to me and talk to me a little bit more um, so yeah um, just really like uh, instigating that connection and being and like I said just sim- the simple words of like hey I'm here for you reach out if you need anything is it, it means more to to a student than they probably ever realize
0: well I am so excited that <laughs> I've gotten a chance to get to know you all um, and to, to, to build on that um, this podcast is about uh, a conversation <laughs> so Sarah Karis Jiyoung, thank you for being a part of the conversation day it's been absolutely lovely thank you,
2: thank thank you, much. So, much thank you so much for yeah. making this space possible yeah <laughs> of course of course
0: well I'm here for you uh, f- please feel free to <laughs> to stop on by uh, maybe we can get coffee again sometime that'd yeah. be fantastic sounds good awesome thank you <laughs> This week, our new faculty voice is that of Shannon Brooks. Shannon is the new director of the library. And uh, in my conversation with Shannon uh, this last summer over Zoom, as she was getting ready to move here to Upland, uh, we had the chance to talk about lots of different things, including, you know, why Taylor? Why these students? Uh, But what struck me most during our conversation was her perspective on where she sees faith and learning in the library. So uh, here is a little bit of that conversation with Shannon on faith integration in the library. I encourage you to reach out to her, drop by the library, um, and welcome Shannon to our campus.
4: Well, I, I, I'm sure I'm biased, but I think the library is the perfect representation of that because the library houses i don't want to say all knowledge but it houses every subject regardless of what department you are in the library has something for you and it is all unified in a collection it is organized just like our god our god loves beauty and order and the library takes this knowledge it organizes it it makes it available to everyone um, regardless of who they are. Um, that's another beautiful thing about a library is that we stand for access and everyone is included. Everyone is invited, um, regardless of your socioeconomics you know, level, regardless of your race, your gender, all are welcomed in the library. And I think that also reflects the gospel. All are welcome, regardless of who you are. You are welcome to come to Christ. So, in my you know biased opinion, I think the library very um, definitely represents the integration of faith in learning. Um, I also believe that all knowledge is God's knowledge; all truth is found in God. And so, when you come to the library and you seek knowledge and you look for information, you're seeking God. And so the librarians are there to assist you on that journey as you seek for information, as you seek ultimately, hopefully for truth. Um, And then the librarians are there to assist you on that journey. Um, Even as if you were on a faith journey, you know, there are those there who assist you and support you. And so I kind of see the library as a picture of that journey as a student progresses through their time at a university. Um, The library is there at the very beginning, and then we help them as they acquire skills, they acquire knowledge, um, and then as they graduate and they hopefully, um, hopefully we've instilled in them a love for knowledge, um, a desire to continue to learn. Um, So that's kind of how I see those those two things uh, coming together.
0: Thanks for being a part of the conversation. If you're looking for ways to get in touch with us, you can always email bctlepodcast at taylor.edu. The podcast is made possible by the B.D. Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence and is edited and produced by Mackenzie Dorico. At the BCTLE, our mission is to encourage and equip our faculty in their calling as teachers, care for students, and designs for learning. We want you to know we see what you do for your students. We appreciate and value your contribution to the conversation. We hope that this podcast helps you to make Monday just a little bit better.